Welcome everyone to our podcast, Building a World Without Toxins. In this episode, we talk with Emily McIntosh about the EU Sustainable Textile Strategy. Emily works at the European Environmental Bureau in Brussels and follows everything related to textiles. Before the EEB, she worked in the European Parliament. Her background is in journalism. Hi and welcome, Emily. Hi, thank you for having me. Emily, most recently in 2022, the European Commission launched a new sustainable textile strategy. It aims at sustainability, circularity, industrial competitiveness and innovation. And they say it boosts the EU market for sustainable and circular textiles, including the market for textile reuse. And it also addresses fast fashion and intends to drive new business models. Emily, what are the main actions laid out in the EU textile strategy? So the EU textile strategy um, is a strategy, as in it's not itself a piece, a proposal for a legis piece of legislation. So it contains references to other processes. The two main um, aspects, the, the biggest parts of the textile strategy are the 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 proposal to expand what's known as the eco-design framework to textile products. So people probably already know what eco-design is when it comes to white goods and electronics. Um, and the idea is to put these kind of minimum product requirements onto textile products that are sold on the EU market. Um, and the other aspect is um, as part of a revision of the of EU waste policy to put in place what's known as extended producer responsibility schemes. So in other words, how to gather the financing uh, from producers, from the people who place products on the market and ensure that, that, that they pay essentially for the cost of the waste that is created from their business model. Um, uh, so the two main, uh, yeah, that's the two main pieces of of the of the strategy. So, is is this something from an environmental NGO perspective? Do does this EU Texas strategy meet our NGO demands? Is there something missing in the strategy? Yeah. So the the two two um, initiatives that I mentioned have many important points which we definitely as NGOs should welcome because as as you know as listeners know the textile industry is very unregulated so any moves to regulate um this sector uh, we've you know we've been asking for this many other people have been asking for this so it's definitely a step in the right direction but of course um there's many details that um are important so for example the when it comes to eco-design, what we see is that the problem analysis is in many ways wrong. So what the EU textile strategy says is that the aim is to have textiles which are durable, uh, made from recycled content, recyclable as much as possible. And of course, that all of those attributes are important, but they don't necessarily question the real problem, which is volumes and overproduction. And of course, um, when we're talking about harmful chemicals, the use of so many um, harmful chemicals in this in the production of uh, products, um, and uh, also of course the the use of synthetics and polyester fibers, which underpin this overproduction. So, so it's really what we, from an NGO perspective, what will be important in the coming months and years as the as the actual requirements that will the product requirements for textiles are developed 
is to ensure that the, the requirements respond to the actual problem. Um, and then what's missing uh, on the, the the waste side, so the waste policies, the extended producer responsibility, um, again, is um, the extent to which the policies which will be put in place actually um, provide uh, economic incentive for companies to produce less, or will it just be essentially a pass to pollute, so a small, a small fee that we won't make much of a dent on the business model and, and will allow business as usual to keep to keep going. So um, and also the other aspect that's important to mention is um of course so much of our textile um our used textiles end up exported to third countries. So we really want to see uh, a global EPR framework that can move some of that money to recognize the cost um, that Europe is putting on the rest of the world and pay for the circular economy work, which has been carried out in, in beyond the EU borders. Mm. Yes, absolutely. What what do you think, where do we stand and what needs to be done to improve this strategy now? So where we stand in terms of, um, I would say, timeline. So the, the eco-design requirements the the process to set them has not started yet so that will be uh, we don't know yet the, the exact moment when that will start but the legislative framework for the eco design what's called the eco design for sustainable products regulation is being discussed at the moment um at the end of you know the last few weeks and months of 2023 um between the different eu institutions so there that's really crucial because they're discussing key issues um such as um whether social aspects will be included, how the law will be enforced, and and also how um, online marketplaces and e-commerce will be treated by the law. So these are really crucial big aspects because even basically if if those um, aspects are not ironed out um, correctly, then you could have a situation where we put in place strong requirements, but the they don't actually apply to the worst companies so we really need to make sure that in these final negotiations um that the the legislative framework is as is as strong as possible to to encompass the biggest players um and then from the the waste side the um the discussions on uh, on extended producer responsibility uh, are will be voted by the european parliament in early 2024 so it's a really crucial time to 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 be engaged on that on that aspect thank you emily yeah that's it's really a crucial time and we hope that we can make the best out of this uh, strategy um what do you think is the impact that the EU textile strategy has on non-EU countries, especially producing countries like Bangladesh um, and the working and environmental conditions there? Yeah, so it's a really, really important question. So I think just to sort of take a step back, I think that's a, the question also gets to the heart of one of the I would say flaws or unanswered questions in the textile strategy is the issue of definitions and what are we talking about when we talk about the EU textile industry, you know, EU textiles, how do you separate um, part of the supply chain from the global supply chain, etc. So obviously in the EU, we can't set rules on how uh, on other regions, but if um, 
what is put in place in the EU will have to ultimately be uh, put in place by suppliers and manufacturers who around the world who want to um or import into into this um, market. So it also really is a big issue in terms of purchasing practices and the supplier relationships and the power imbalance that we see there. So we've also um asked for um specific EU action on purchasing practices. So we hope that in the next parliament, that could be something that MEPs pick up because at the end of the day, this really is the, it's the, this imbalance and this power imbalance um, that brands have that is at the heart of the, of the overproduction. Um, so, yeah. So, and then the, um, so producing countries, I think, I think this, it's still unclear the impact of the EU legislation, which what will have on producing countries. Um, but the, yeah, it definitely um, is important to include the actual people who will be um, on the front line of those policies. Yes, thank you so much, Emily. That was um, a very interesting and quick overview of what the EU textile strategy is and what it could be and what we have to do. And uh, thank you for your great work on this and for um, being part of this podcast series. Thank you very much.